I said, we're going to start a brand new series this morning here, and I uh, got this in prayer. Actually, what happened is the Lord started talking to me personally, and then it turned into like, I want you to share this with the people too. <laughs> Amen. And what we're going to talk about today is how to tap into your full potential. That's the name of this. How to tap into your full potential. Father, I thank you right now for the things you placed that you put in my spirit by the Holy Spirit. Help me to communicate that today, Father. I pray all of you and none of me, Father. I pray that my, my, the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. Open our spiritual ears. Open our spiritual eyes today, Father. That we can tap into the resources of heaven that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. God wants us, all of us. Can everybody hear me okay? God wants all of us to tap into his resources. When I was thinking about this, I, the first thing I thought of was, um, you know, in the last, I don't know, maybe 15 years, 10, 15 years, something like that. Some, you know, there's been amazing discoveries with fracking, with discovering ways to extract uh, natural gas in the tri tri-state area. How many of you know that Pennsylvania, Western? My sister, my sister lives in. Um, her and her husband pastor two churches in West Virginia in the country. They're, they live way out in the country, you know. And uh, she says all their roads down there, they're all the back roads are all dug up because they have one of the largest resources. I think the, the number one producing gas well is down where she lives down there. So there's all kinds of trucks and stuff down there. But the thing is, that, that gas was, that was there a thousand years ago. You know what I'm saying? It was already there, you know. And it's made a lot of people wealthy that didn't have anything. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and you think about the fact that underneath us, under the ground, there's all these natural resources. And now, uh, America is the number one producer in the world. Think about that. Isn't that wonderful? The number one producer of oil and natural gas. Now, that's not my subject, but there's resources that are there. And for a lot of years, it was untapped. Okay? And the Lord started talking to me. And what we're going to talk about today is the first step in tapping your full potential. In 2 Chronicles, I want you to see this. I want to talk about, of all people, Solomon. I haven't spent a lot of time through the years talking about Solomon. How many of you know who Solomon was? That was David's son, right? King David's son. All right, and uh, there are some there are some unique things about him that I want to look at this morning in Second Chronicles chapter one. Let's pick up in verse seven, if you would. It says that in that night, God did appear unto Solomon, had a vision, and he said unto him, "Ask what I shall give you." Now, how would you like God to appear to you in the middle of the night? And he, he says, hey, what would you like? What would you want me to do for me? Now, a lot of people would say, well, I want a new boat. Give me a new house. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But I want you, I want you to see the, something that happened here. God did appear to Solomon and said, ask what I will give you. Verse 8 says, and Solomon said unto God, uh, you, have been, you have showed great mercy unto David my father and has made me reign in his stead. See, he had a grateful heart. He was really thankful for his father David and what God did for him. And now he's inheriting 
everything that David had. All right? And so can you see his heart of thanksgiving right here? He says, he says, you have showed great mercy in verse 8 to David my father and has made me to reign in his stead. Verse 9, now here's his request. The Lord said, what do you want me to do? He says, now, O Lord, let thy promise unto David my father be established, for thou hast made me king over the people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Verse 10, here it is. Here's what Solomon said. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before the people, for who can judge this thy people that is so great? Now what did Solomon ask for? Wisdom and knowledge, didn't he? To govern the people, thousands of people, that were the Israelites that were underneath him. All right? Now verse 11, And God said to Solomon, Because you have, this was in your heart. He said, this was in your heart. You have not asked for riches or wealth or honor, nor the life of your enemies. Neither hast thou asked for long life. Thou hast asked for wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made you king. Now look at verse 12. It says, wisdom and knowledge shall be granted unto you and, say and, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had been before thee, neither shall there after thee have the like. In other words, no one's going to compare to you. All right? Now, we know, and I'll, I'll just share a little bit here in a second here, but, but Solomon was in a position where God asked him what he would like him to do. And you know, God does that for us too. He says, what, what do you want me to do for you? What can I do for you? You ever have somebody made, make that presentation to you? Say, is there anything I can do for you? God Almighty is saying, what can I do for you? Now, a lot of times the Bible says we have not because we ask not. Okay? But I want to talk about the first thing to tapping into our full resource, our full potential, is to ask the same thing that Solomon Ask God. And Solomon, he said in Proverbs, he says, wisdom is the principal thing. And if you get wisdom, you get wealth and riches and everything else with it. Amen. How many of you would agree that, that all of us here, we have not reached our full potential yet? As individuals, as a congregation. And I'm starting to see some things here. I tell you, the Lord's been stirring me up and I haven't, I can't say that I've had this happen to me before, but something's going on on the inside of me. Praise, Praise God. And, uh, and so God says, you've asked for wisdom and knowledge. I'm not only going to give you wisdom and knowledge, I'm going to give you the wealth, the honor, and the riches. And you know, Solomon, King Solomon, a Jewish man, a servant of God, was the wisest, smartest, and the wealthiest man in the East in his day. I mean, all together. He was the smartest, the wealthiest. The Queen of Sheba came from miles away, miles. And this is before transportation like we have today. She got on her camel and she took off, man. She says, I've only, I've heard about this man's wisdom. And people would come from all over the place just to sit at his feet and to hear the wisdom that came out of his lips. Now, have you known anybody like that too, you know? But, but Solomon, this is Old Testament even. God gave him such wisdom that just baffled his enemies, baffled people from all over the place. 
as an example. Now, what I want to do is I want to show us today that we're not just studying about Solomon, what God did for him. That's part of it. But God wants us to tap into his wisdom just like Solomon. Okay? How many of you know we have, we have room to grow in wisdom? <laughs> we can all get smarter, amen, in the Lord. Okay? Now, I'm not talking about going to a university or something like that. I'm talking about God's university where God can impart things to you that you never dreamed possible. Amen. You know, George Washington Carver, how many of you ever heard of that man before? Amen. You know, he was a believer, thank God. Lived in the deep south and he, he asked the Lord for wisdom. He says, Lord, because peanuts back then, they were, they were, they were uh, worthless. They couldn't find anything. And, he, and the Lord, he asked the Lord, said, Lord, give me wisdom to show me what this thing can produce. And you know, he made over 300 inventions, I believe it was, what the peanut can do. I don't know half of them. I know peanut butter. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he became a, an extremely wealthy man as a result of that, praise the Lord. But see, he, he, he inquired of the Lord. He asked the Lord. He said, God, give me wisdom about this. You know, and he, he would go out there on his property and he'd pray, ask the Lord. Didn't have anything, but he had God and he had wisdom. Now go to, go to 1 Kings chapter 4. You're, you're there anyway. In Chronicles, go to 1 Kings uh, chapter 4. And I wanted to share that with you initially about how, how did Solomon get his wisdom? How did he become wealthy? How did he become like this? All right? He asked for wisdom and knowledge. Say wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge. Okay? And you, you know, you'll read in Proverbs, because he wrote Proverbs. Solomon wrote Proverbs. But we're going to find out here. There's, now, we have 31 Proverbs, right? So there's, you could pick... In an average month, there's 31 days. You can have a proverb per day, one chapter per day. But the Bible says, we'll see this in a second here, that he had over 3,000 proverbs. So it wasn't just the 31. There was inspired to be 31 in there. But he had over 3,000 proverbs. And he wrote a bunch of songs. And he talked about things that just baffled people. He was so full of wisdom, God's wisdom. But notice it says in 1 Kings, if you turn over there, 1 Kings chapter 4. In verse 26, there we go. And it says, And Solomon had 40,000 stalls of horses. Everybody say, wow. wow. <laughs> say it backwards. Wow. wow. <laughs> he said, He had 40,000 stalls of horses, 12,000 horsemen, and those officers provided food for the king Solomon and all that came into the king Solomon's table. Every man in, in his month, they lacked nothing. Notice that. They lacked nothing. Barley also and straw for the horses and dromedaries brought they unto the place where the officers were. Every man according to his charge. And God gave Solomon, verse 29, God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much. Largeness, largest, largeness of heart, even as the sand of the sea shore. And Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children in the east country and all the wisdom of Egypt. Hallelujah. Smartest guy over there, right? Verse 31. And he was wiser than all men, than Ethan, the Israelite, and Heman. How do you say that? Shaltal? I don't know how you say it. And Darda, the sons of Mahol. And this fame was all nations, was in the of, of all nations round about. Verse 32. 
And he, here it is. And he spake of 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. And he spake of trees the, from the uh, cedar tree that is in Lebanon, even unto the hyssop that springeth out of the wall. He spake also of beasts and fowl and creeping things and of fishes. <laughs> Amen. Now, for curiosity seekers, boy, they'd love to be a fly on the wall when he's there, right? When he's talking, because he's talking about things that the average person has no clue, okay? But here's what we have to understand, is that who gave Solomon this wisdom? Who? Now, did he go to a university and learn this? No, they weren't smart enough. God imparted knowledge and wisdom and understanding to him, supernaturally to him, that without a doubt was God. He tapped into some resource. He tapped into some things that, that he never thought possible. Amen? But when he asked God for wisdom and knowledge, the Lord says, okay, I'm, I'm going to give that to you. Amen? Now, what we don't want to do is make the mistake of just saying, well, yeah, that was for Solomon. That was the Old Testament. I understand that. We can study that and see that as a history lesson, you know. Um, we're going to see here in just a second here in the New Testament, um, Jesus was talking about Solomon. And he said the Queen of the South, the Queen of Sheba came up and came to hear. And she said the half of what was told me wasn't even shown until I got there. The Bible says that he made even silver as common as stones. Gravel. I mean, he had so much wealth, so much rich riches and stuff, and God did that for him. Amen? Can you imagine the news media back then coming against him saying, what's the need for all this? Why do you have all this? No, God made him rich. Amen? And when God makes you rich, you don't have to apologize to nobody. Amen? How many of you know God could give you one idea that could make you a multimillionaire in a month? God could impart one idea. Amen? Now, I knew I had, I had a friend of mine years ago, many, many years ago. His name was Craig. And uh, he, was, he was a man of God. He was really, I, I, I learned to get to know him when I was a teenager. And I actually worked with him for a little while. He was older than I was, of course. And uh, man, but he just, he just loved God. He just radiated the fruit of the Spirit. He had so much love, joy, peace on the inside of him. And he was just a wonderful person to be around. And he was a man of prayer. And I remember he shared this with me that uh, he was praying. Now, this is back years ago, okay? This is probably 35 years ago, maybe 40 years ago now. And he said the Lord gave him a concept of of, uh, you know, putting someone's face on a computer screen and changing their hairstyle so they could see, you know what I'm talking about, you could see yourself in a different type of hairstyle, you know. So he started going through the, the, the motions of doing this and, you know, and, and contacting the proper people and, and all this kind of stuff, you know. He made the mistake of sharing it with the wrong guy, okay. And that guy took his idea and got a patent on it and became a multimillionaire. Stole his idea. Okay? How many of you know that's a bad day? <laughs> but uh, 
I mean, he thought he was going to the right person, you know, that he could trust this person, you know, and it seemed like everything was okay. And when he shared this with him, that guy, he, he, he recognized this. This was really smart, okay? So he went and put, got, a, got a patent on that and became extremely wealthy, stole the man's idea, okay? But the point I want to make is this. God put that thought in his mind. Now, he, he should have used wisdom about who he went to. You know what I'm saying? But who hasn't made a mistake, right? Who hasn't made a mistake? You trust people sometimes that you don't think, you, you think you can't trust them, then you can't, right? So he made a mistake. But the, the point of, I'm trying to make is this, is he was a man of prayer, and he was praying to God for some ideas. Now, he had some other things come to him, which I haven't checked on him in the last several years. I haven't seen him for many years. But the, there, there was inventions and things that would come to him. Okay, woody inventions, ideas, this this type of thing. Now, God. So some people think that all the inventions, everything that's ever been invented, has already been created. Somebody said even back when the candle, when they had the candle and stuff, that there's no more room for inventions. You know, close down the patent organization. You know, and there's <laughs> it's like everything that can be created has been created. How many of you know that's just the furthest thing from the truth? I know even in, in my day, you know, I was born in 1960, but just in my lifetime alone, I've seen, and you have too, you've seen so much technology change. And I mean, it's astronomical what's happened, right? With the, the computer age, the digital age, and I mean, it's just exponential curve, as they say. It just constantly changes. By the time you get a computer and you get into it, you know, it's already been outdated. You know, there's always going to be upgrades. There's always... There's always knowledge is increasing. Now, that's one of the signs of the last days in Daniel's prophecy that knowledge would increase in the last days. Men would go to and fro quickly. Well, they couldn't do that in Daniel's day, but now you came with an airplane, right? Okay. We are living technically in the last days. Actually, the technology for the uh, implant of the Antichrist 666 is already here. Okay. How many of you got dogs that have, or cats that have implants in them? Okay, that's the same technology. Now, I am not saying that we are not to be afraid, we're not to be scared, <laughs> because we are going to be raptured out of here. God has not appointed us to wrath. We will be delivered before the great tribulation comes and the Antichrist is revealed. Jesus Christ is coming back for his church. You and I, he's going to remove us out of this earth. Read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it's all through the Bible. Amen. God has not appointed us for us. But the technology is all there. Okay? For, for a mark in your forehead, a mark in your forehand. You know, a chip, a microchip. Okay? These are the days that we're living in right now. Okay? I know Brother, Brother Kenneth Hagin, my spiritual father, used to say that when the, when the first jet airlines came out, we think nothing of it now. He said back when, when jetliners started filling the skies at the very beginning, people would pull over on the side of the road, get out of their cars to see a jet fly by. Because it was like, look at this, a jet plane. Okay? But now you don't even pay attention to it, right? It's like noise. Okay? Anyway, wisdom was granted. Go to Luke chapter 11. I want to show you something here. When Solomon was asked by the Lord, what do you want me to do for it? What can I do for it? He said, give me now wisdom and knowledge. Not only did he get wisdom and knowledge, 
but he got the wealth and the riches and the long life and everything that, that goes, excuse me, that goes with that. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 11, now we're talking about tapping your full potential, all right? And the first step that we want to cover today is we want to talk about tapping into the wisdom of God. Praise God. There are things that God has for every one of us in this room that we don't even realize. We think, man, I've lived my life. I lived every, I've done everything I, I know to do. It's just business as usual. But you know, there's a whole lot more that God has for us than we don't even know about it yet. Amen. But I'm telling you what, I want to tap into it. How about you? I want to tap our full potential. And God has so many tremendous things in store for every single human being in this room. A life so exciting that you'll never be bored another day in your life. Okay? And it doesn't matter how young or how old you are. Don't look at the biological clock. Don't look at the calendar. Don't look at your birthday. Don't look at that. Look to God. Now, we look at uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 30 says, For Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites. Everybody remember Jonah? Yeah. He was swallowed by a great fish, a whale, because of his disobedience. And then he repented in the belly of the whale. This is not figurative. This is not a story tale. This actually happened. Okay? And he says, For Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites, so shall the Son of Man be to this generation. Verse 31. For the Queen of the South shall rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Notice that she came from very far away to hear the wisdom of Solomon. But notice what Jesus said. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Who's that? Jesus. <laughs> The smartest Solomon was, was pale in comparison to Jesus. Actually, Jesus is the one that gave him the wisdom. Okay? Verse 32, The men of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment. This generation shall condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. A greater than Jonah is here. A greater than Solomon is here. Now, we recognize Jonah. We recognize Solomon for what they did. Tremendous. But Jesus said someone greater than those two guys is here today. And who is that? Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Now, let's go to Proverbs. And let's talk about this in the time that we have left here. Let's talk about tapping into God's wisdom. Tapping into God's wisdom. Do you want to know how to tap into God's wisdom today? Yes. What is today? The 28th of July, right? Mm -hmm. By the end of this day, you can tap into supernatural resources of wisdom and knowledge that you never dreamed possible. You know, we're, I stop and think about this sometimes. We're, we're limited to the knowledge that we have. Sometimes we try to alter things. We try to change things and maybe in our family or something like that, you know, or whatever the situation is. And we, we keep butting our heads up against this wall like, because you're doing all that you know to do. And we've all been there and done it, right? We do all that we know to do. And we cannot operate on a knowledge that we don't have. We can only operate in the knowledge and the wisdom that we have. 
So God's going to have to increase that knowledge and increase that wisdom as to know how to deal with situations. There are sometimes you're dealing with people that are very difficult, very challenging on a human level, very challenging to deal with. But there are some wisdom keys that God, even a key, one key, that God can give you that can unlock that person's heart and cause them to open up in a way they've never opened up before. It's a wonderful thing. But here we are in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1. And I want, to, I want you to see, now Solomon wrote Proverbs, okay? Here's what I, I wanted to share, a couple of verses here, and I want you to follow with me this morning. In verse 1, now again, smart man, he says, My son, forget not my law. Now where it says law there, put the, write the word word. Okay, we understand that better. My son, forget not my word. I get that. But let thine heart keep my commandments. Verse 2. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add unto thee. Do you mean to tell me, Pastor Keith, that there are things that we can do to either lengthen our days or shorten our days? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, that kind of blows that, feel, that, that mindset out the window of like, you know, when your time comes, you never know when it's going to happen. That's not true. Whether, whether we live long in this earth depends more upon us than it does upon the Lord. Now, we know that the Bible promises us long life in Psalm 91. He says, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Okay. But there are certain principles and there are certain keys that if we operate in them, we can bring more length of days and quality of life. Praise God. I mean, even the, the first commandment says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Notice that, in the Lord. That it might go well with you that you live long upon the earth. Amen. And so when children obey their parents, it, notice this, in the Lord, in the things of God. That's important. He said they're going to lengthen their days. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 3 says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. In other words, these are two important elements here. Mercy and truth. Don't let them forsake you, but bind them upon your neck and write them on the table of thine heart. Everybody say kindness. kindness. Okay? Now, when you operate in the kindness that God has given you, all of us have the, the ability to become more kind. Okay? They got these health bars out now called kind bars. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we need to start eating those. I don't know. But, you know, you, when you put on love and you operate in love, you're actually putting on wisdom because wisdom will teach you what to say and what not to say. Do you ever notice that? Can I ask you a question? Have you ever been in a conversation with a person, maybe a family member or something like that, and you're about to say something, but something in you checks you, okay? And, and it, it's a thought that says, don't say that. Have you ever had that happen to you before? Don't say that. And then you disobey and you say it, and then there's a lot of fire you have to put out, right? Because sometimes we want to speak our mind, and it's not the mind of Christ, and we end up hurting that person, that family member, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? We're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Now it's going to take me half a day to get this mess cleaned up. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we want to shoot our mouth off. I've, we've all done that. 
<laughs> welcome to the club, right? We, we've all done that. But you have to say this one thing, that even in the process of that, the Holy Spirit was trying to get your attention because He knew what you were going to say. He knew what was in your mind. Okay? Now, that's on the negative side, avoiding something negative. But yet, on the positive side, God can put a thought in your mind while you're in a conversation. He'll say, not, you don't hear it, but it's just an impression that comes to you. And He'll put an impression, do this, say this. Okay? And, it, and then when you yield to that, you'd be so surprised how that person is blessed and benefited from what you just said. Okay? Sometimes I'll feel impressed as just send a text, you know, with the technology, send a text message to somebody to encourage them. Okay? Like a letter, you know, a little tiny letter, a little note, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes that just makes a person's day. Amen? Not too long ago, I had a friend of mine, lives out of state, and, uh, he contacted me and was going through a really rough time. And uh, he's in the same occupation that I'm in with being a minister, you know. And he asked me a couple of questions. And I'm like, while, while we're in this conversation, I said, I said, Father, within myself, I, while I was talking, I said, fill me with wisdom right now. I don't want to say something wrong. I want to say the right thing to him, you know. And uh, so I, I just took a second and did that while I was, I was talking to him on the phone, you know. And... Uh, and so, I didn't know what I was going to say, but I just asked. I said, Lord, give me wisdom. Help me to be a, a blessing to this, this friend of mine. You know what I mean? He needs, he was going through a rough time, all right? So, he asked me a couple of questions, and I answered them to the best of my knowledge that I knew how, you know. And, uh, and he said, he goes, man, you have no idea how that conversation just blessed me. It just made my week. And I heard even back from him later, said, man, thanks for that conversation. I'm thinking, I didn't even say that much. You know what I'm saying? But now I, I got to thinking about it and was this, you know, a lot of times we doubt ourselves and we need reassured sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you're doing the right thing, but sometimes you just need that reassurance that you're on the right track. Okay? It's uh, all of us go through tests and trials. Everybody goes through stuff. Ministers alike. Okay? And sometimes we just need, a, we just need the right word to just lift us up, you know, because the devil's a discourager. The easiest thing in the world to do is to discourage somebody. It doesn't take any effort at all. But I don't, I don't want to be a discourager. I want to be an encourager. I want to help people. If I'm with a person, I don't care if it's with a group like this or one-on-one, in my heart, my heart's desire is I want to leave you in a better place than when I first came to you. If there's something of the Lord because it's of the Lord that's in me that I can help another person. I want to yield to that. I want to do that. And that's what keeps me going. That's what energizes me. Amen. And I practice that with my own family as well. Okay. It starts at home, right? Glory to God. How many of you know you have the opportunity every day to have the wisdom of God flowing through you? Amen. Okay. So here we are in verse 4. Proverbs uh, 3, verse 4, he talked about, you know, uh, don't let mercy and truth forsake you. And verse 4 says, he says, so you will find favor and good understanding in the sight of God, a man. And verse 5 says, now this is Solomon's wisdom here. God gave this to him. Now get ready. This scripture here is one of my favorite scriptures throughout the entire Bible. I have leaned on this scripture. Now thank God you can't wear out these scriptures. 
You know, you can wear out a pair of jeans, right? You can wear out a pair of shoes. You cannot wear out the scripture. Aren't you glad? It'll never wear out. But verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart. Say all. Trust in the Lord with all, which means that you could trust Him with half your heart, right? Well, He wants us to trust Him with all of our heart. He says, do not lean to your, to your own understanding. In all of your ways, notice that, all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. Now look at verse 6, in all of your ways, acknowledge Him. Well, okay, Pastor, that means if I'm in the ministry, then I understand that. I have to acknowledge Him. No, He said, in all of your ways. I don't care whatever line of work you are in, whatever you're doing in this life, acknowledge God. That's the smart decision. Amen? Don't be a self-made man or self-made woman because I tell you, you can only go so far with your wisdom. But there's, there, is a, there is a resource, hallelujah, in Christ, in God, that's unlimited if we learn to tap into it. Okay? He says, verse 7, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil, and it shall be health to your navel, mar to thy bones. I know that's good. And verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst with new wine. Now, this all has to do with trusting in the Lord with all of your heart. And don't lean to your own understanding. Hallelujah. One of the greatest revelations you and I could ever have is to realize how dumb we are before God, without God. Now, that's not a bad confession because without God, we are all stupid. <laughs> We're all dumb without God. But we're not without God. We have God. And He's covenanted with us. He's committed to us. Now go over to uh, 1 Corinthians. I want you to see this. We'll wrap this up this morning. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 in the New Testament. So the first key today that we're going to talk about, tapping your potential, your full potential, is to ask for wisdom and knowledge. Ask what... Solomon asked for wisdom and knowledge. And you know what? As you're faithful to pray that, how long does it take to say that? I mean, only a couple of seconds, right? I could say, Father, I'm asking you for wisdom and knowledge today in Jesus' name. That took about 12 seconds. So it's not the length of your prayer that matters. It's the strength of your prayer. You believe, okay? Hallelujah. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says, But of him, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, it says, wait till it comes up here, here we are. But of him, are you in Christ Jesus? Are you in Christ Jesus? Yes. Who of God has been made unto us, notice this, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Now look at verse 31. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. In other words, if you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. Okay? 
Now, that's so important. That, that verse is just loaded right there. But of Him are you and me in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, what does that mean to be in Christ? Now, all of us know here, and some of you have experienced that you were, when you were pregnant with children, with your child, okay? And that child is inside the mother, okay? So that, that child is in the mother. And everything that that mother does affects that child, okay? Isn't it amazing how people... T- Lack of wisdom. People today say that's not a child. What is it then? A fish? A rock? It's a child. Okay? Now that child is connected to the mother and the life of the mother flows into that child. Boy or girl. Twins, whatever. And whatever that mother eats, eventually the baby will eat in a broken down form. She goes out to a Mexican restaurant, has Mexican food. It's going to break down on her body, and that baby's going to digest in a digested format (laughs) Mexican food. Are you with me? And if that mother goes across town and she goes to another part of the city, you know, that baby doesn't have a choice. It's already in the mother. That, That baby goes with the mother because everywhere the mother goes, the baby goes with her. Now, that's what it means to be in Christ. You are not separate from Him. You are in Christ. There's over 130 scriptures in the New Testament and the epistles about who you are in Christ, by Christ, what you can do that shows your relationship to Him. I can do all things through Christ. That's your relation to Him. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Amen. All these scriptures that talk about who you are in Christ And this is one of them right here. But of him are you, what? In Christ Jesus, who has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He's made those things for you. In other words, I would say it like this. Jesus Christ is your wisdom. He is your righteousness. He is your sanctification. And he is your redemption. You don't just have it. He is that to you. You see, you're clothed. When you got born again, you were clothed in the righteousness of God. Now, that righteousness is not your own. Amen. You are made in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You didn't do that. Jesus did that for you, and He made you. God made you righteous and have right standing before God. I, I, I sometimes want to do spiritual somersaults when I start to think about the fact that that I have right standing before God. Because like a lot of people, we don't feel like we do sometimes. You ever had that feeling like, eh, you know, has a rough week. You know, I don't know if I have, I sure don't feel like I have right standing, but, but, but you do. Okay? You have right standing before God, which means God hears you when you pray. His eyes are upon the righteous. His ears are open into our prayers. That means you can whisper in faith and get more results than you would if you shouted in unbelief. And sometimes people have to shout because they're really in unbelief anyway and they don't get any results. But I'm, I'm telling you, I've seen demons leave when I say softly, Jesus' name. Amen? Last night I was getting a 
early in the four o'clock in the morning, I had a, you ever had one of those rings in your ear, like a, like a, you hear this ring, all of a sudden it just starts like that's like a frequency thing. Do you ever have that happen to you before? It's like this, it started ringing like, it was like got real loud in my ear. And within myself, I said, no, you don't. And it immediately went, it just backed away and it stopped. Okay? I didn't even open my mouth, but my voice, my spirit has a voice. And I know that's not of God. It's not God's will that I have this ringing in my ear. You know, it sounds like one of those hearing things, you know, when you test your hearing, you know, you hear this, this high-pitched noise. That's what it was like, you know. But within myself, I said, oh, no, you don't. My spiritual voice. You know, your spirit has a voice. I said, no, you don't. And it, it had to back off. It backed off. You have more authority than you even know. Everybody in this room is a child of God. You have absolute dominion and authority over all the principalities and powers of all the demons in hell ganged up on your doorstep. They have no authority over you. You have authority over them. Who did that? Jesus did that for us. You don't have to muster it up and get some spiritual muscle, you know what I'm saying, to feel like you can do that. I mean, I mean, you can be saved, you can get saved, and within five seconds you can realize that and realize I have authority, absolute mastery and authority over the devil. Now, his only, his only power really is the power of deception. He tries to deceive. He tries to make you think something that's not true. That's the only thing he can try to conjure up. But once you know how he functions and you, you know how he operates... You know, the Bible says, neither give place to the devil. And we're not ignorant concerning, the, Paul said, we're not ignorant concerning Satan's devices. Okay? But I'll, I'll say this, that when you begin to realize who you are in Christ and the right standing that you have with Christ, you can start seeing prayers get answered like that so quick. So quick. Because your faith is on a sharp level. I mean, it's just cutting edge because you're not struggling. Oh, God, I hope you hear me right now. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who has been made unto us wisdom. Say wisdom. Okay. So first thing, I just kind of wanted to set this off today because we're not finished this today here. We'll pick it up next week. The first key to tapping into your full potential is to ask for wisdom and ask for knowledge. It's scriptural to do that. You kind of read that in Ephesians chapter 1, that God will give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. You can pray that every single day. You can pray that more, more than once if you want. And God will give you understanding. Amen? Amen? I use this illustration. Sometimes it's kind of humorous, but it was many years ago. Some of you heard this illustration before. But um, when, uh, this is probably 19... 94, to be exact, 94. Uh, I had lost a particular sock of mine, okay? You've heard that story before, but, you know, here it goes again. And it was, it, it was a, a perfect match for a suit that somebody actually gave me. A, there was a minister friend of mine that gave me a, a really expensive suit that I would have never bought. But he gave it to me because he wanted to sew it to me, you know? And it was like a brand new suit. It was a Ralph Lauren suit. This is many, many years ago. And um, so 
it was a certain particular color, so I got a particular sock that matched that, okay? So somehow in the process, I lost the sock. So I didn't know where it went, you know? So I started talking to my wife. I said, honey, did you see my sock? She goes, no, I haven't seen it. I said, well, did you, you did the watch. Did you see it? No, I haven't seen it. So I was getting irritated. I was getting frustrated. And, and she finally said, because I went to her again, she goes, well, did you pray about it? <laughs> and in frustration, I said, No. Now, don't look at me that way, because you've done the same thing, right? You're kind of irritated, right? And I, I says, no. And she goes, well, that's probably why you don't have it. <laughs> Praise God. Sometimes the right advice can irritate you, you know, but you know it's right, right? So, so I went away from that, and sure enough, the Holy Ghost said, she's right. She goes, hey, the Lord said to my spirit, he said, you have not because you ask not. Now, I spent an entire week looking for that thing. I'm looking. I'm looking everywhere, you know. He said, brother, couldn't you have gone out and bought a new pair of socks? Yeah. But I had them, so I'm like, I just need the one. I need to find the thing, right? And so, after several days of being frustrated, I said, okay, Lord, here we go. I said, I'm asking you right now that you show me where this sock is. I ask in Jesus' name, and I ask you to forgive me for not leaning on you. I've leaned on my own understanding, and we see where that's gotten me. So I'm asking you for wisdom right now to show me. And um, God is my witness. I prayed that prayer. And as soon as I prayed that prayer, I had a thought come into my mind. Now, the Bible says, try the spirits, whether they're of God or not, right? So I had a thought come to my mind that... That to look behind a, this dresser that was in our second bedroom, okay, the kids were real small then. They were babies, actually. And, and, and I had this thought, look behind the dresser there. But when I heard that, when I had that thought come to me, I'm thinking, that's a waste of time. That's just me. But I just went over and I did it anyway. I said, okay, we'll just see. We'll check it out. And I went over and I looked behind this dresser and I said, sure enough, it was stuck. It, it fell down the back and it was stuck between the wall and the dresser in midair. And so I reached down there and I pulled it up, had some dust on it, you know, and, and I stood there in that bedroom, in that second bedroom, and I said, oh, Father, forgive me. <laughs> I said, thank you. He said, and the Lord said, he goes, you could have had that four days ago. Okay. Now, is God so busy running the universe? Does he have time for so seemingly small stuff like that? Oh yeah. He wants to, he loves you so much that he wants to get involved in even the smallest minute details of your life. He, he loves it when you invite him to say, Lord, I, I'm going to invite you to come in this situation. I'm going to acknowledge you right now. Okay? And, uh, and you would be surprised how he, he's willing to just jump into the midst of every area of your life because he loves you that much. He cares for you that much that he wants to get involved in your daily affairs. I mean, everything. He loves you that much. He's not just interested in running the universe and taking care of the nations. That's all part of it, you know. But he's an intimate God. And he wants to get intimately involved in those areas of your life. And when you understand how much he loves you, you don't mind asking him to help you. Amen? 
You know, if you have a project or something, you know, if you're, you're, you're working on something, you know, get God involved with that. Say, Father, I know I've been doing this. I'm used to doing this the same way all the time, but I'm, I'm going to ask you to get involved. Amen. I invite you to come in and get involved in this situation. And it might be something you've done week after week, month after month, year after year, and you're so used to doing it the same way. But God can just put a little piece of wisdom in there that will just change the whole thing. My goodness, you know. So we're talking about tapping your full potential. One more scripture and we'll close here today real quickly. In James chapter 1. So realize Jesus Christ has been made unto you wisdom. Is Jesus smart? Is Jesus intelligent? Is he the smartest person ever? Of course he is. Now, when you got born again, he moved inside you. So literally, there is, there's unlimited possibilities. I mean, God's challenging me with this too, okay? There's unlimited resources and wisdom that we are going to tap into. I never would have dreamed of even talking about this, but God started dealing with me about this and talking to me about this. And we're going to start discovering things about us, who we are in Jesus and what belongs to us, and the wisdom, the potential wisdom that is there that's going to just unlock some things that uh, have been a frustration to us. Amen. Here's the reason why you and I get frustrated. Has anybody ever been frustrated before? Amen. Frustration is nothing more than a meter on the dashboard of your life saying you're trying to do it in your own strength. Okay? Which leads to frustration. Right? But when you have God's wisdom and you have God's understanding, oh my goodness, there is such a vast resource that's available to you. I mean, there's wisdom to know how to raise your kids. There's wisdom to know how to treat people that are difficult to get along with. There's wisdom that's there available to us today that we can tap into to alleviate and literally remove frustration because once we tap into the knowledge of God, it's an unlimited resource. Okay? Now I'll close with this right here uh, and we'll pick it up here next week. But James chapter 1. Now James, of course, was the half-brother of Jesus Christ. He grew up in the same household as Jesus. Joseph was his father. Mary was his mother. Now Jesus' mother was Mary... But his father was God. But Jesus had other brothers and sisters. The scripture is very clear about that. Now, Jesus was the firstborn. Okay? He was born of a virgin. He was the firstborn. But then Mary had other kids with Joseph. Okay? Several brothers and sisters. It's real clear about that. Now, James grew up in the same household as Jesus. And James had the privilege of seeing Jesus. Now, what's really interesting about this is that they, uh, history tells us, church history tells us that even his own family, his own brothers and sisters thought he was a lunatic. But, uh, but Jesus, after his resurrection, appeared to James. Appeared to him. But James still grew up in a household where he was able to watch Jesus, his older brother. And verse 5, it says this. 
Because you know, James has more to say about the power of the tongue than anything else. Yes. Doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Death and life and the power of the tongue. I mean, James is the one that talks about the, the, their tongue is like a ship. It's like the rudder on a ship. It's like the bit in a horse's mouth, you know. And the, the, the tongue can control the entire nature. Yes. Okay? Well, James grew up in a household where he watched his older brother function. And his words were very choice. Jesus didn't just mince words. He didn't just throw things out there and have to take them back. <laughs> he was very precise about what he said. And he said here in verse 5 here, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Okay? So, real quickly here. James says this, if any of us lack wisdom. Now, we could all fit in that category if we lack wisdom. Here's what we're supposed to do. Cry about it? No, he says, if any man lack wisdom, he says... Let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith. For what? Wisdom. He says, don't waver. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. So in other words, when we ask for wisdom, we have to ask in faith. And don't waver. What does waver mean? It means to go back and forth. Like the waves in the sea, back and forth, back and forth. Wave comes in, wave goes out. Comes in, goes out. Yeah, I, I, I like swimming in the ocean, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes it gets a little rough out there, and you know, and all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, my point of reference, I, I started down here, and now I look and I see I'm way down here because the waves carried you down there, <laughs> right? And um, my umbrella's up here. I started up there, but now I'm down here, Okay. And he says, when we waver, it's like that. We go back and forth. So basically, when we ask for God's wisdom, you believe you have it when you pray. You say, Father, I need wisdom. I'm asking you for your wisdom right now. In Jesus' name, right now. Amen. Now, you may not know exactly right then when you ask exactly what you're supposed to do. But that's okay. Stay in faith. Don't change your confession. Don't say, ah, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure what to do. You just you wavered. Okay? If you stay in faith regarding this, it's guaranteed to come to you. 